Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Today we're going to be talking about the films Wonder Pipe, Captain Marvel, Nancy Drew, and The Brink. Right now I'm here with the wonderful Benjamin and Jordan uh, talking about Wonder Pipe. Thank you, you two for being on the show. Thank you. So um, let's start out with talking about this new animated film. It's very colorful. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, Jordan, how about you tell us a little about uh, what the film is? Well, the film is very enjoyable, and it tells the story of a young girl whose name is June Bailey, and so she's very imaginative and adventurous, and she has this very close relationship with her mother, and since she was little, they've been inventing this theme park called Wonderland, which is, like, fully based on June's imagination, and there are a lot of different characters you can meet there, but then June sort of loses her interest in the park, and we sort of see her go from being really happy to really sad. So this film is all about imagination and creativity. Uh, so tell us about the animation style and how does it work for this film? Well, the animation is really good. There's a lot of magical effects, which I really enjoyed. And I think the animation worked really well because it sort of captured the theme of being inside a child's mind. Fantastic. So what about the uh, characters that you found like really intriguing? Well, one character that I found really intriguing was named Peanut, and he's the leader of the park. And he's an endearing character who's also a monkey. And um, I just really liked him because he was so charismatic and that you had to just love him. Now, what's interesting is that I, when I saw a trailer for this, I'm thinking, like, is this going to be, like, a new, like, uh, is it, was this based off a TV show? Was this based off a... A comic book. It looked like it was something that I don't know because I never heard about Wonder Park, but this is pretty original, uh, original film. So, uh, did you know anything going into it? Like, did you have any preconceived notions before? Um, I'm going to be honest. I never heard of Wonder Park either, so I knew it was a fresh new idea. I figured it wasn't based on anything that I'd heard of before. Um, I kind of expected it to be like really childish, just because of. Um, how Wonderland seemed at first glance and the characters in it, but it's actually a pretty good film, so. Well, it's good to hear. Uh, also, you got some pretty inter- fantastic voice actors in here. You got Matthew Broderick, Jennifer Garner, Keenan Thompson, Ken Jeong. So many, like, stars are in this film, so tell us about the voice actors. The voice actors were really good. Um, one of my favorites was actually Ken Jeong, because- <laughs> He's the one that I'm most familiar with, and he played one of the beavers, and he was really funny in the film. And I think overall, all of the voice talent really matched the characters, so I think it all worked together really well. That's fantastic. Now, uh, what did you feel like is this film's like message? I think this film's message is to always use your imagination, regardless of how old you get, and to just never stop believing in yourself or the things that you care about. It's fantastic. It it, it honestly looks like a really fun, just, you know, I feel like all of us have the little kid in in us all, and this film really, like, 
is allows us to kind of like bring out our inner child. And I think it's great for families and kids alike just to be able to enjoy this kind of film. So what would you say is your favorite scene in this movie? Um, my favorite scene in this movie is when June first gets to the amusement park because I think it was sort of interesting from an audience perspective to realize that all these things she's created is actually a reality. So I found that really interesting. I can only imagine because I feel like at some point, like we've always wanted to have our own amusement park, and yeah. it's kind of like a childhood thing. Like I always wanted to own my own candy store, and you know. Stuff myself with lollipops and sugar, which still I want right now. But you know what? It's it's fine. I'll get it later. Um, what do you feel like makes this film particularly special for not just kids but also parents? I think what makes the film so special is that it's such like a family favorite, and I think that just the storyline, how creative it is, and the animation, and just like. The entire thing in general was just like, it was so new and different. Like I'd never seen anything like it before. And I think just even the attractions in the amusement park and the characters that you could meet were just so like refreshing. And it kind of reminded you of like Disney World or something. And you know, everyone can relate to going to an amusement park. So I think it's just kind of relatable and just really fresh and new. Fantastic. Now, uh, was there anything in this film that you felt like was maybe maybe lacking a little bit, and you feel like the film could um, the filmmakers could improve maybe next time? Actually, I don't think there was anything necessarily lacking in the film. I will say there are a lot of emotional scenes more than I would have liked, but you know, um, it was still really good. But I think there could have been a better balance between the emotional scenes and the happy scenes because while there were fewer emotional scenes than happy scenes I think they were so like impactful that it kind of brought the mood down a whole lot so that's something that I didn't necessarily like about it. That's understandable I mean it seems like there's a lot of comedy drama in here so always finding a good balance. You're listening yeah. to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blake C. Today we're going to be talking about the films Nancy Drew, Captain Marvel, and The Brink. But right now we're going to continue our conversation with the love, with the lovely, wonderful Jordan about Wonder Park. So, um, Jordan, what do you feel like uh, kids can really most about this film? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? What do you feel like is the best part in this whole film? Oh, the best part in this whole film, I think, is seeing Wonder Park itself. Like, seeing all the things that it's full of. Like, the rides. Like, there was this one ride. It was a flying <laughs> fish carousel. And it was something I'd never seen before. And I really... Just a flying fish carousel. Like, I know it sounds really silly, but it was, like, amazing to see it in the movie itself. And there was this one scene where... Um, my favorite character, Peanut, the monkey, he had this magical golden crayon and he drew like this slide made out of bendy straws. And I just think that seeing all those little things made the film better, like these little details that made it more whimsical. And it seems like there's a lot, I mean, from watching this trailer from this film, I knew, you know what to expect, but I knew I was going to expect like wonder, well, literally wonder, it's in the title, of course. But just imagination galore. Uh, were there any rides in there that you thought that, hey, I wish that they would bring that ride to life and I would actually like to go on it? 
Um, there was. There was the flying fish carousel, as I said before. It was a regular carousel, but um, with flying fish. And when you, I think, pulled the fin or activated it in some way, the fish flew off the carousel and into the air, which I really liked. There were these huge roller coasters that you probably wouldn't find in an amusement park. So just little things like that I wish I could, of course, ride. Definitely. And it's interesting is that we've made, there's been films made about rides like Pirates of Caribbean and like Haunted Mansion, but now we have a film that's about literal amusement parks and rides. Uh, what would you say is the age recommendation uh, for this film? I would say the age recommendation for this film would be about 3 to 13. I think it's really good for younger kids. And I'm not, I don't necessarily think that kids above 13 would really want to see this film, but I do recommend seeing it no matter how old you are. So including adults, because I think it's pretty timeless and I think you guys would be very surprised. Interesting. And how many stars would you give this film? I'd give it four out of five stars, minus a few for the um, waves of emotion. But other than that, it was really great. Waves of emotion? Yes. Can you, can you maybe, maybe elaborate on that? I'm not going to spoil anything, but there was this one scene that was, like, so sad. And it really, like, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like the movie wouldn't be the same without it. But I also think that it sort of ruined the magic for a moment. And it kind of ruined June, the main character, as well. So, you know. Really? Now, I'm just curious because usually those scenes, like, we have to have those emotional moments in films, but like, what do you feel like could have been, think of the filmmakers could have changed without spoiling anything, of course. Change about the emotional scenes? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Like why, um, did you feel like just cut out entirely or do you feel like it just could have been, how do you think they could have done it differently? I don't think they should have cut the scene out entirely because I believe that every film needs like a little bit of emotion to kind of, contradict all the happiness in it but I do feel like this particular emotional scene was like it was kind of like whoa like in your face and I just feel like it could have been a little more subtle but at the same time I don't think they should cancel it out either because I feel like the film wouldn't be the same without that scene certainly well I'll make sure to bring my tissues to it as well. <laughs> last thing I need what is it with, with family films making people cry? I mean, I want to go have fun, but understandable. I cry at Toy Story. I cry at all those type of films, so I'll make sure I bring tissues. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for talking about Wonder Park. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. This film is out in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesing, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Here Co Sonic Boom, Here Comes the Boom. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin from D.C. and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Wonder Park and next we'll be talking with Arjun from Nashville about Captain Marvel. How are you doing today, Arjun? Doing pretty good. So what did you think of Captain Marvel? Uh, Overall, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I don't think it's like the best movie Marvel's made. I'd say it's like, in, and as far as their movies go, I'd say it's like smack dab in the middle of their run of movies. So it's a pretty good movie, but it's not quite as good as like their best. What is Captain Marvel about, for those who don't know? So basically it is about like this woman, Carol Danvers, and... How kind of her origin story as she's one of the most in the comics she's one of the more powerful heroes and she's going to be a pretty useful asset in the fight for Thanos in Endgame and it's basically just her origin story how she got her pa- uh, her powers and how it's centered around this war- civil war between like two alien races. Do you think this <laughs> film succeeds in um, introducing Carol Danvers to the MCU? And why? I think Carol Danvers is a very good addition. I do think her portrayal here is very different than how the trailers portrayed her. And I think that's a very good thing because I wasn't a big fan of how they presented her as some like stoic, you know, emotionless being almost in the trailers. But like here, she she has a lot more opportunity to act human and it's it's done very well. I like her sarcastic wit too. It's like it's kind of like Tony Stark's. But overall, I think she's a very good addition, and I'm totally sold on her being a part of the on the Endgame roster. How do you think Brie Larson did as Captain Marvel? Should you elaborate more on that, please? I do think she did very well as Captain Marvel. Yes, she's very stoic at times, but I think she's, for example, the banter she has with um, Jude Law's character in the beginning, I thought that was very well done. And I think she's definitely a character that everyone's going to love. What performances out of the supporting cast did you enjoy? For sure, I was a big fan of Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, a younger Nick Fury. It was very interesting to see his involvement in this early, like, 
Avengers world almost. And like, while I did think that one of the reveals towards the end regarding his character was just plain stupid, um, I did think it was an overall like it was a he was overall a really good character. He was very entertaining to watch. But I do think that Ben Mendelsohn is Talos stole the show as um i really sold on the scrolls as a new alien race in the mcu they're definitely one of the most intriguing additions they can shape shift and do all sorts of stuff but i think what's more engaging is the family dynamic here that makes all of the um scrolls very relatable and believable in their motives even though they're technically the bad guys i'm gonna have to agree with you on the reveal of samuel jackson i think i know what you're talking about speaking of that can you talk a little bit about how you felt about uh, Carol Danvers' animal companion in this film, uh, a cat named Goose. Goose was absolutely fantastic. For those of you who don't know, Goose is a flurkin, and they have some very powerful abilities, and even though they're just cats, and I, I thought that Goose was a very good, I guess, like, starting example of this race being used in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Do you hope to see more from this character in the future? Uh, definitely. Like, they need to make an appearance in the if they do another Captain Marvel. I don't know if in, if Goose would should really be an endgame, because I don't really think he's going to be an endgame, but uh, because the, the cast is already stacked and, you know, we don't have too much time for comedy, but uh, I definitely do want to see Goose again sometime in the future. Can you talk a little about uh, how you felt about the chemistry between Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson in this film? It was very well done. It's almost like a buddy cop movie, and I did like seeing this Nick Fury who wasn't, like, as experienced. He's he's qu- quite he's actually, like, a rookie in the movie, and it's very interesting to just see how he sort he, how he started off. And the two just have a lot of good comedic scenes. It's very, it's it's well done. What did you like Captain Marvel's 90s setting? 90s setting was definitely really good. Even though after a while it did get a little repetitive with the callbacks and didn't feel that natural. Like they were just kind of slamming Blockbuster in her face, for example. But for the most part, it's a very good setting. There's a lot of callbacks. You know, people who grew up in the 90s are definitely going to love the callbacks here. Just when they do it too heavily, it kind of loses its impact at times. But I do think it's a very good setting. Yeah, the blockbuster ride started to get a little heavy-handed. I agree. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice of America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Captain Marvel and Wonder Park. And right now I'm talking to Arjun about Captain Marvel. So let's continue the interview. You talked a little bit about... uh, Talos in this film and the scrolls, but what did you think about the addition of the Kree and their home world? That was definitely very interesting as the Kree were a race ex- explored in Guardians of the Galaxy and we saw a little bit more of their motives. And actually, if you pay it, pay good attention and remember, remember a lot of the characters from old movies, there's a lot of returning members who I was very surprised by, like Jimon Hansu as Korath, for example, because this character was in Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's just it's overall very nice to see characters like Ronan come back and all of that sort of stuff. It's, it's a very nice tie into Guardians of the Galaxy. What elements of the action and special effects in this film did you were you impressed by? Definitely the most impressive aspect to the special effects were the de-aging effects on Samuel L. Jackson and Clark Gregg. But basically, the way it's done, it's so natural that you it doesn't seem like they're using CGI to make them look young. And it really goes to showcase how good the um, CGI is nowadays and how it's advancing it's going to a point where it's it's almost like photographically real, which I just felt it was in this movie. Um, but also the special effects from Carol Danvers and her and her powers; those are very well very well done. Um, 
and the action scenes are pretty exhilarating as well. So this is the 22nd Marvel movie, and do you at all feel like these films are starting to get formulaic or predictable? That was definitely a problem I did have with the movie, even though I do think it does do um, quite a lot of things to shake up the formula. Like, it is very formulaic as an origin story, but like us, like we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of twists and turns and just story, just the importance to the story overall, like the timeline that make it a lot more interesting than some of the other stuff from the solo movies. But I do think it is a little formulaic still. Who is your favorite character in this movie overall? I think I would just have to go with Brie Larson as Carol Danvers overall, because she really did sell, sell me on the importance of her character in Infinity War. And by the end of the movie, I was pretty much sold that she's one of the most powerful he- uh, heroes. And the explanation for her powers and all of that, there's a really interesting backstory and I think it was much better here than what, the way the trailers portrayed her. What elements of this film's story did you like? Overall, I was definitely impressed by the story. That's definitely one of the most intriguing aspects of the movie. And at times, like I did mention earlier, like it tries to break the formula by the use of twists and almost a non-linear story, like with flashbacks to her memories and all of that. And I definitely do think those are a very um, good addition. But I do think that just like the overall threat and all of that stuff, it was a little bit old. It's kind of like your standard superhero movie fare. But and I will also admit that the movie's pacing does stall at the, in the middle of the movie. But overall, it's a very interesting movie, like the the story. And there's a lot of payoff and reveals and that sort of stuff. Do you think that the also adding in the inner workings of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this movie was too much, or was it just the right amount of mythos for the MCU? I definitely do think that was the right amount of mythos. I'd have actually liked to see a little bit more, because, you know, for a 90-set movie, they definitely want to show, like, the, st- the status of S.H.I.E.L.D. at that time. And I do think it's very interesting, like I mentioned, seeing just uh, Nick Fury. Like, he's kind of just a rookie, and he's not really, like, the, the leader or whatever he is of S.H.I.E.L.D., and... Definitely, I do think that I do want to see more S.H.I.E.L.D. if they ever do a sequel or something like that. So, Arjun, what star rating and age recommendation would you give Captain Marvel? i definitely give it a 4 out of 5 stars as it's a pretty solid movie, but there are some flawed elements to it. And the age range would probably be from a 8 to 18 as there are some intense action scenes and some language. Well, thank you for talking with me today. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin from D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Sonic Boom, Here Comes the Boom. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First film critics boot camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm benjamin from washington dc and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about captain marvel and next we'll be talking with Callista bess about nancy drew and the hidden staircase so how's it going today it's going good so what did you think of nancy drew and the hidden staircase I thought it was a really fun movie. I don't really have much of a connection to Nancy Drew, but that didn't really change much as the movie was a really good movie, even on its own. What is this Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase about? Well, obviously, it's based off of one of the Nancy Drew books, and it tells the story of Nancy, who is moved to a small town called River Heights, And she meets a woman named Flora who's reportedly having strange paranormal activity going on in her house. And Nancy decides to investigate the house alongside her friends and Flora's niece, Helen. Who is your favorite character in this movie? I would definitely have to say Flora because not only did she remind me a lot of an aunt I have and she was just overall a really fun character... She was played very well by Linda Lavin. She was very entertaining and overall just a fantastic character. So Nancy Drew is quite a popular literary character. How do you feel Sophia Lillis did in the role? I think it is important for it is important to know that Nancy Drew, I actually only learned this recently, Nancy Drew has been around since the 30s, which is ridiculous to believe. But obviously when you have a char- character who has been around for that long and is still making, like, books and so much, like, profit today, obviously she's got to change with the times. And I feel like Sophia Lillis does a very good modern adaptation of this character. I feel like she did a really good job of making this, like, kind of weird outcast girl, but, like, such a fun character. I, I really love Sophia Lillis in this movie. What changes did this film make to adapt to Nancy Drew for the modern age? Um, And do you think, or why or why not, were these chances warranted? I think, I don't know much about the previous Nancy Drew books and stuff like that. But I think overall, this story did work really well in a modern context. I do feel like there were a few moments where it felt like kind of belonged in an old in an older tiny story like i don't know why but the whole town of river heights kind of felt like it was a few it it kind of existed a few decades ago i don't really know how to describe it but like there's a scene where um 
Nancy and her dad go to like this sort of like a uh, small marketplace and it looks like it belongs like in like I don't know like the 50s it was weird to descri- it's weird to describe but like there are a few times where it kind of looks aesthetically like it's um like it takes place in an older time period but overall the movie just kind of works so well in a modern context like it like it doesn't even feel like you need to know that Nancy Drew is such this old character. It just feel it just works so well. It didn't really feel like they had to change much. Um, what element of the production of this movie impressed you the most? I think overall this movie kind of feels like it didn't really need that big of a budget because it's not like they needed to do much in terms of like special effects or like stunts or anything like that so i think there's not really anything that impressed me specifically other than i'd say the sets and costuming because the sets were really really interesting um for example the house that has like all these paranormal activity um the it this mansion the house is basically like this giant mansion with all these really interesting like props and like the grass is like painted all these different colors. It's just it's so interesting to look at. Would you be curious about seeing more film from this iteration of Nancy Drew and why? Oh, definitely. Uh, while I was doing research for the review of Nancy Drew, I ended up looking through like a list of all the books, and there are like hundreds of books. Like it's ridiculous how many they made. I mean, obviously, since she's a character that's been around since the 30s, there would be a lot of books. But there's, I did not believe that there were that many books. So there's, I feel like, some kind of, like, connected universe of all of the, like, some kind of, like, cinematic universe of all these, uh, not all of them, obviously. That would be way too many. But a sort of connected universe with all these Nancy Drew movies. I think that would just be interesting because there's so many stories to pull from. I think there's a lot of potential for so many different stories because there's so many different, like, types of source material to pull from. There's a lot of potential there. You said you didn't have a lot of issues with this movie, but what were your main flaws with it? I only had one major issue with this movie is that I felt that the mystery was way too easy to solve. And I do understand that the Nancy Drew books are aimed at kids, But even then, I felt like it was way too easy to figure out what was going on. Like, I knew instantly what the twist was going to be. So it really wasn't that hard to solve. But that's basically it. Um, And what age rating would you give this movie? Uh, I would give this movie 7 to 18. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Captain Marvel, Nancy Drew, and the Hidden Staircase. Right now, I'm talking to Callista about Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase. Let's get back to the interview. So, what impressed you about the music in this film? I didn't really notice much about the... I didn't really notice the music that much, to be honest, though. Like, it... I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I kind of have a hard time noticing mo- music in movies. But when it's really good, I'll, like, acknowledge it. But I really didn't notice much about the music in this movie. What lesson, what's the main lesson of Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase? 
I feel the main lesson it could probably come from the main friendship between Nancy, uh, her two other best friends, and uh, Flora's niece, Helen. Because at the beginning of the movie, it seems like Helen is going to be a stereotypical mean girl character, which, as many people here probably know, is a stereotype that has been done to death. But instead, actually, they did something that I'm surprised I haven't seen that often. They turned the mean girl character into a friend uh, halfway through the movie, and they actually give her a character arc, which is kind of surprising because this is a stereotype that there really isn't much else you could do. But actually turning the mean girl into a friend is something I've never seen any other piece of media do, which I'll be honest, I was really impressed with that. I was really impressed with this. So I feel like the lesson would probably come from uh, being able to make the best out of a bad situation because a big part of the beginning of the movie is that Nancy did not want to move to River Heights and she did not like it. And she thinks that a small town would be really boring, but she ends up learning to just make the best of what she has and be friend and just hang out with her friends. So you said you like Sophia Lillis in the main role, but um, what performances in the supporting cast did you enjoy? All three of Nancy's uh, friends, uh, George, Bess, and Helen, all of them were amazing. And I just kind of feel like um, George and Bess uh, played by Zoe Renee and Mackenzie Graham, respectively. I feel like they were kind of shoved to the side a lot of the time. Which kind of sucks because they were really good. So I do feel like they should have been in it more. But yeah, those three were really good. Um, were the mystery? Can you talk a little bit about the mystery elements of this film? And were you impressed by them? Basically, the main uh, mystery is because um, there's a scene where Nancy, Helen, and Flora are witnessing all of the supposed paranormal activity, and the next day they kind of discuss like did that actually happen was that really a ghost because when you actually see it you kind of think there's no way this couldn't have been an actual ghost so most of the mystery kind of comes from how that whole how that weird night was set up and what really happened and as i previously mentioned i thought the mystery was really easy to solve because I thought that, because they made it really obvious who sort of the villain was going to be. And there's like, there's a kind of a double twist that's also pretty easy to under, that's also pretty easy to figure out. So I really wouldn't, I don't think like if you want a, a movie that's going to like really challenge you, you should choose this one. But overall, I still would watch it because I think it's a really fun movie either way. Um, well, what star rating would you give Nancy Drew in The Hidden Staircase? Uh, I would give it three out of five stars. Well, thank you for talking with me today. Thank you for having me. Let's take a break. I'm Benjamin from Washington, D.C. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Sesame Street Celebrate Family. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley we just got done talking about captain marvel nancy drew and wonder park and right now we're gonna finish up the show talking to the wonderful ella from los angeles talking about the new documentary the brink thank you so much ella for being on the show thank you so much for having me now, they always say in dinner conversations, never talk about money, religion, or politics. Well, guess what? We're going to break the rule and talk about some politics. Because this new documentary, The Brink, follows political strategist Steve Bannon. And I think it's funny because I would want to explain who he is. But I'm going to let you do that and see how the documentary portrays him. Because documentary is about searching for the truth. And it's always hard because you're looking through the lens of a, of a politician. So... Tell me about um, Steve Bannon and how he's portrayed in this film. All right. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try to not be too mean to him because you know, as a Democrat, I'm. I'm naturally. I naturally have different views than he does. So I'm gonna try to not be very mean to him, but I'm probably gonna fail miserably at that. But uh, basically, Steve Bannon was the chief strategist, ex-chief strategist for President Donald Trump in the 2016 election, as well as the CEO and founder of Breitbart News, which he got fired from. And this film is basically about his attempt to organize a nationalist movement full of like different world leaders and billionaires and, you know, his attempts at that. Now, it's interesting that we're talking about a documentary like this on this show, but I think it's very important because it's funny because Kids of all ages are more and more getting into politics. And I think it's funny. I was at dinner at one point uh, uh, with a friend of mine and her eight-year-old niece was literally talking to me about, you know, I'm really concerned about taxes right now and the rise of taxes. And I really feel like that when I get a job, I'm like, kid, calm down. You're, you're eight years old. You can't yeah. about, like, like watching movies and eating junk food or whatever kids do nowadays. But they're, they're more and more... 
the kids are getting involved in some way, shape, or form in politics and world um, issues, which is great. Um, yeah, so, um, tell us, uh, before we get into it, I want to ask you, like, what do you feel about that? How do you, how do you feel about that? Um, politics becoming more and more relevant in television shows and movies and, of course, documentaries. Well, I feel like it's definitely very important because, you know, politics, whether we, you know, pay a lot of attention to it or not, it's a part of our everyday lives. And it's our laws. It's the people who essentially control us in the government. So I do think that it's very important for, you know, young kids to get into it. I mean, that the eight-year-old you were describing is (laughs) obviously very mature for her age. But because when I was when I was eight, I was not concerned about politics whatsoever. But I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing, because the the bad part of it is that it's taking away time for kids to, you know, be themselves and just be children and watch movies, like you said. So I do think it's important, but it's also a little disheartening and sad that we have to young kids have to worry about these types of things. I must clarify that I feel like kids are smart. Kids are smart. And kids understand are understanding right from wrong, and I think it's funny that, especially with a lot of world like world issues right now, a lot of you know not just teenagers but middle schoolers and kids from all around the world are making changes and strides because they're they're not seeing a change with the, our current government, and hey, they're gonna go into we're gonna go into this world very soon, so we want to make it better. So it's it's great how we're seeing a change in that. But let's get right into the film. Since we are talking about a an interesting individual, and he's been in the media a lot, especially during um, the 2016 election, how does this film portray him? Because I understand that and I understand that he's not the most likable person, but again, documentaries are not supposed usually have an agenda. So would, do you feel like this film was bi- too biased in, in his portrayal of him? I think that it was biased, but one of my problems with it was that it wasn't biased enough. And I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit. Basically, it did portray him in a negative light. It did show him doing really crappy, disgusting things. And some things were even pathetic. Like, for example, he has this one joke that he, like, plays out for way too long on multiple occasions, different days. And it's just really cringeworthy. But also, I feel like um, the filmmakers could have done a better job exposing him. I feel like they pandered to him a little bit because I don't think they... They did catch him doing, like, they did catch him, like, saying, like, awful things, but they didn't really expose him in a way that could be unjustifiable. Interesting. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show is sponsored by Sonic Boom. Here comes the boom, and we're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Ella about The Brink, the story of Steve Bannon. So uh, you were mentioning that you felt like the, the document wasn't biased enough. I would argue that documentaries, even though no matter what you're going to do, there's going to be some sort of bias when it comes to documentaries or even filmmaking in general. But here's the thing. like Let's let's take the film, for instance, The Vice, which is the story of Dick Cheney. Not a documentary, I understand, but it depicts a man who is who's done some terrible things and is not liked very much in general media. But what they did is they showed the terrible things he did but also humanized him to show that, hey, he's still human. And there is, you you did sympathize with him, even though if you didn't agree with him. So do you feel like, can you explain to me what you mean by pandering to him? Well, I feel like because the filmmakers were, you know, following him around for so long and like documenting his life, like 
they definitely had to be, you know, respectful because otherwise he wouldn't, you know, give them the rights to the film. But I feel like there was there was one section in the film that kind of um, I don't want to give away too much, but there was one section in the film where they did kind of expose him. But like I'm I want to say this without giving anything away, but I don't think they exposed him enough and that was like that scene was the closest the documentary came to showing Bannon's true colors in my opinion and it it was substantial but it wasn't enough could you argue that people are aware of his true colors already and the filmmakers are just trying to find try to go from a different light because I think we all I think a lot of people can can understand that Steve Bannon and his actions were I, I believe the filmmakers knew that people they knew that Steve Bannon was not going to be portrayed in a good light, so they were trying something different. Do you feel that like that could be the reason why? I mean, I guess you could argue that. Personally, I don't think that's that was the intent of the filmmakers. That's not how I saw it. I just don't think that they... I don't want to say they didn't do their job well enough, but they weren't, they weren't as dead set on making him seem like an awful person, which it was, I think, which was what I think was the intent of the film. Mm-hmm. I don't think they followed through with their intent necessarily that makes sense that's totally understandable as well especially documentaries what do you feel like well first of all who do you think this film is for i think it's for you know anyone who is is interested in politics which in my opinion should be everyone because i think like i said before politics affect our everyday life but i do think that it's for mainly probably adults and teenagers and I think I'd give, give it an age rating of, like, 14 and up. And here's the thing. I love documentaries a lot, and I've, I've grown to a new love for them because documentaries now are getting more and more, like, recognition, I think, especially with, like, films like RBG, Free Solo, and Three Identical Trends. So many documentaries are being more recognized because I think people are wanting to see the real world, and especially since it's... There's so much to talk about. Uh, what do you feel like this film falls in the category of documentaries? Do you feel like it's... Portray- do you feel like it's... Even though you may have, you may not like think the filmmakers fell through on it, um, what went through with their intentions, what do you feel like makes this film special? Well, I feel like it's special in... Like, it's different in a sense because it... I don't... You, you don't see very many expose documentaries. And I think it's important because now with everything going on in our society, we need more of those and we need to see who these people are and like what they're what they're doing. So I do think I do applaud the filmmakers on their efforts. And I, I don't think they I feel like I was very negative in this review, but that's not I, I did think that it was there were some parts about the film that I did like very much. And I, I very I very much so appreciate their efforts. I totally agree, especially nowadays. I mean, like, if we start treating things normal, then nothing's going to change. We need to call people out on what, on their actions, no matter what, and we should not get comfortable with the actions of our government or anything. Because if we start treating this stuff like it's normal, it's going to become normal, and this stuff like this should not be normal. Ella, how many stars should we give this film? Three out of five stars. Well, thank you so much for talking about it. I wish we could talk more about it. It is, it's such a great, uh, I can't wait, I want to talk more about it with you, but we can. Thank you so much, Ella, for talking about The Brink. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This film is out in theaters March 29th, so please go check it out. With that said, thank you so much for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps. 
And to learn how you too can be a, become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Thank you so much for listening. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.